The Winnipeg Jets thrash the Coyotes. Intro over. <laughs> your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everyone, to today's episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast, your number one daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode brought to you by Game Time. Today's episode is uh, just download the Game Time app, create an account, use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. I'm your host, Robin Leonio, alongside Matthew Jacobson. We want to thank everyone for making the show your first listen every day. We're free and available. Everywhere you get your podcast. Matthew, the Arizona Coyotes on Saturday, uh, they lost to the Jets. It's, I I mean, they lost to the Jets. What, do we, what else can I say? The, the real Jets lost to the fake Jets, and I'm just sad. I, I actually, I'm not sad. I'm actually quite angry uh, uh, in, in many different regards. Uh, first and foremost, let's make this about me. Every single time I have anything to do uh, with this team, they get they, they 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 delete a lead at home and just collapse. And I'm like, how am I supposed to have fun at FanFest or how am I supposed to attend practices when I, I, I have that fresh in my mind? But I, I also have some very detailed concerns that uh, while this is growing pains, the season's not over. They, I, again never said they were going to be a playoff team this year. It's just like, I'm just, I'm frustrated that one of the first attempts, one of the first opportunities they had to beat a team that they are statistically better than, but it's still a good team. They, they can't hold on to a lead. And, and one thing that really stuck out to me as I was listening to the game, uh, you know, going hither and thither. So I, I listened to make sure I can at least get as much context as possible is I think it was Bob Heehouse, uh, Lindsay Fry said that Winnipeg was making this giant push in the second, and when Liam O'Brien scores a goal, the Coyotes needed that because the Jets were taking over the game, and they took over the game anyway. And and, and that's what made my blood boil, because uh, speaking with, with people after the, the LA Kings loss, this team needs to learn how to play with a lead. And it comes down to inexperience. It comes down to uh, leadership in the locker room. You're going to have to get used to stuff like this. And I'm also going to not pulling a Rick talking on you guys, but we're also going to have to talk about Coach Andre Turnier and what the response is going to be to stuff like this because it, it, this is a very crucial moment, very crucial season for this team's development. So on the coaching aspect, if you want to prove that that is the coach that will lead this team to the Stanley Cup, this is one of the first major hurdles. I mean, that's the important part about – uh, you know, about having a coach that's meant for a, a team that's youthful is mm-hmm. kind of focusing on like, all right, this happened. Let's go back to the drawing board and kind of like take a look at film. Let's let's let, let's focus on everyone's development and make sure that ev- that we're all we're all on the right page. Um, I think that is what is super crucial to having a coach like Andre Tourne rather than, you know, rather than a coach like before, like with Rick Tonkett, who kind of just would just like, yo, this is not working. We'll just change whatever it we'll just We'll just completely change what's up, what's going on. And then we'll, 
get physical or we'll do something else. And it just looks crazy out there. I, I, I think I think it was said on Reddit of all places, uh, but I, I could be getting th- this confused. I, 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 I engage with and consume a lot of Coyotes-related content on many different sites literally every day. Uh, but they haven't been registering as many hits in the last handful of games. And as it feels like they are transitioning a little more to a skill-based game rather than the, the hard-nosed style they had last year, you still have to make sure you're not developing bad habits. And losing two games at home, and, and realistically speaking, if, if we look at that Montreal game, you said it very well in one of the last episodes, is that was a very sloppy win. They kind of got... Lucky isn't the right word to use, obviously, but they, they kind of got away with one there. And when you're now coming off of, you know, the, they had that, that first win at home, and then you get a collapsed lead, a sloppy game they managed to, to grind out, and then another collapsed lead, we had to start talking about the, the structure of the team just a little bit. And if this is going to be a negative trend, because you don't want to start forming negative trends with it team is really trying to come into its own and develop for those future seasons yeah and i think another and i think that's kind of an important thing too is you know not being afraid to shake up the lines when you really need to i think sometimes because sometimes that make magic make a difference right even if it's it might not be long term right like it doesn't have to be that way but sometimes that's some that's just what you need to do um so maybe that's maybe that's the kind of message they need but if they have those games in which kind of go kind of trending in that way, it does leave concern, especially if especially at their home games, right? You know, we're supposed to be talking about the mullet magic, and for the most part, you know, we see some crazy stuff happen. The mullet, some awesome stuff. But if they want to make sure that stays and that 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 remains true. They gotta kind of work on themselves, and they gotta make sure they take care. They they gotta take care of some fundamentals that they've been making mistakes on. Yeah, and, and first and foremost, learning to play with a lead. First and foremost, because that that is something that. Uh, and, and here's the thing: last year, we never really talked about it. And I know I I didn't join the show until the off season, but I have never really considered in the last couple of years of this rebuild. I have never once considered, never once crossed my mind how this team's gonna play with a lead because they, they had that certain kind of play style where they were always tough to play against, it just never really came across like it would be a, an issue. Now that we're at this point, when they actually are getting ahead in games, they are scoring first a decent percentage of the time, they are getting up to early leads, they, they have to learn to adjust. And uh, one thing I do like is that Turnier wasn't afraid to, let's say, when when the chemistry wasn't the same as last year, he broke up the Krauss line, the krauss Michelli bukestad line, tried to spread it around a little bit, reunited them, and that immediately started clicking again. So he's showing he is willing to change it up a little bit just to try to get a different feel. Uh, but but we, we'll, we'll have to talk a, a little bit about uh, uh, just the, the drive, the gas, the engine, the motor, whatever word I am trying to look for. We got we to gotta talk about that. So after the, the break coming up, I'll give a quick summary of the game, and we'll we'll get right back into the meat and potatoes, if you will. Well, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Have you ever been frustrated trying to buy tickets, only to realize that hey, 
these last minute tickets, the price goes significantly up than what you thought it was because you got these, because uh, the deals aren't great, or you get surprised by these crazy fees. Plus, when you get at the event, the ticket is nowhere what you expected the view might look like. Game time is something that absolutely fixes everything for that you. It's the best and easiest way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy, theater events, and absolutely everything with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. I know I've used game time more times than I could count buying Diamondbacks tickets whenever whenever the San Francisco Giants are in town. I love those games. Um, I'll go to spring training. I've used it for football games. I've used it for hockey games. It is it, 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 the reason why I'm so loyal to these guys is because I get the best deals from them. I know exactly what I'm paying for, and I can see where I'm sitting before I purchase the tickets. They have the lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, and job loss protection. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONNHL, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-H-L for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Well, Matthew, let's let, let's keep talking about about this. Uh, we're going to I want to talk about Jason Zucker in a little bit too, but let's finish our, the thought process about these last these last couple of games, especially the loss against the Jets, because you know, based off what we're seeing from the Coyotes, something needs to like. There's got to be you know something needs to happen to turn around in terms of make sure that they get back to the competitive because they had some really good games to start off with, other than. The two away the, the away games they had in uh new york but it, it's it's just to me it's as simple as learning to play with a lead and whatever the motor is but whatever is, is stopping them from having the foot on, on the pedal for and and cliche playing a full 60. whatever mm-hmm. is stopping them from playing a full 60 needs to get addressed but real quick here's the scoring summary so, so we, we have it on record so Yanis Moser, his second goal of the season from Michelli and Krause at 531 of the first period. It's a 1-0 lead heading into the second period, with the Coyotes out shooting Winnipeg 8-3. At the point where Winnipeg scores their first goal in the second, I think that they close that gap and the shots are 8 all. But Leo O'Brien, his second from Jackery McBain at 549 of the second period, 2-0. And it felt like immediately, but it's about a minute and a half later. Uh Nino Nita Ryder. Nino Nita Ryder. Uh, tips it in his third from Appleton and Morrissey at 7:31. It's two to one. Then Dylan scores first of the season at 10:05. We're tied. Lawson Kraus in the power play at the very least gets the lead right back for the Coyotes. Kind of, it felt like temporarily stopping the dam for Burson. Like I said, when mm-hmm. O'Brien scores that goal, it is mentioned on the radio broadcast by Bob Heehouse that this team desperately needed that because the Jets were making that push. The Jets were controlling the pace of play. They were controlling the game in the second period. And immediately after getting back-to-back goals to tie the game, that, that Kraus is fourth of the season on the power play from Nick Bukes at 14:47. That was needed. Before Nito Niederreiter answers back with his second goal of the night, fourth of the season from Ehlers and Pionk at 17:01. Also on the power play, it is 3-3 heading 
into the third period, and the only two goals going to Dylan, his second of the night, and Niederreiter. Do you believe he? Yep, that's a hat trick for him. Five to three finish, and uh, shots. Shots in the second were fifteen to nine. They were more even in the third. It was nine to eight in favor of the Jets. Twenty-seven, twenty-five total. But fifteen to nine, it stands out because the, the Jets they controlled the pace one hundred percent. They need a lot of credit because this is the game that they probably needed. The Jets are now, they replaced the Coyotes as third place in the division. Uh, and and especially with uh, a couple of the decisions they made in the offseason to try to forego a rebuild, you kind of need to win when you're a team that's trying to win. So uh, they went out there, they got it done, full credit to them. Now let's switch focus to the Coyotes and how come they've had multiple collapses at home. Like, yeah, the 6-3 loss uh, in L.A. sucked, but it happens and it's what it is. When you're leading 4-1 to one at home, you need to win that game. When you're up 2-0 in the second period, you it can't be a desperate attempt to, to stop the opposing team from overtaking you just for them to overtake you a couple of minutes later. It's something in that regard needs to change, and I don't know if it's leadership, if it's the, the coaching in terms of the direction, Direction, if it's the coaching in terms of accountability, if it's just a cold streak, if it's just the team is having uh, so, some issues playing the full 60 and they'll work through it, I'm still trying to figure out what, what the what the actual issue is. So that's why I have to look at the leadership and the coaching because that's the first people you have to turn to when there are issues like this. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, that's the most important thing um, that – You'll probably, even though we we can't see exactly what's going on in the locker room, um, mm-hmm. you have to wonder, you know, what the uh, what all the alternate captains are are doing uh, at this point. You know, what is what is Keller and Kraus and everyone else saying, right? What are they saying in the locker room? What are they gonna What are they gonna do to say? Because that's the that's the role of 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 of, of captaincy. That's one of the biggest roles of captaincy. Mm-hmm. Like to especially you know if something's not going their way. This happened before, right? When, they, when these captains call like players only meetings, whatever. It's like all right, something's wrong. We need to figure out what's going on. Um, I'm not saying mm-hmm. they should do it at this point, but what I'm saying is they should at least that um, you would you would hope that you would see something out of them. There's something that's the spark coming out of them to kind of start. Yeah, and and look, the Coyotes are 5-5-1. Five, five, they're, they're technically tied for the second wild card spot with St. Louis. All right. It's not like this is a team that isn't functioning. But it's just... It's, it's not like we're the San Jose Sharks. Right? <laughs> yeah, we're not San Jose. But like, like I mentioned earlier is when you're at these critical moments where the, a team is developing... These are the times when you don't want to see those negative trends start to form. And we've had three subpar efforts at home in a row. Three tends to make a trend. So we need to ask we need to ask the questions here. And when it comes to the captains, maybe this is, is one of those downfalls of only having A's in the room. Now, obviously, I am not in that locker room. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm technically in the locker room more than the rest of y'all, but not in that context. But I'm not in the locker room. I can't tell you, like, this is what Keller does. That's what Schmalzi does and says. But what I can tell you is when you have anything by committee, it can work fine enough to a point. 
you need that strong centralized leadership. You need the one person to look at and in the locker room and, hey, this isn't going wrong. This is going wrong. This person has to have the answers. This person has to have kind of the direction the team needs to go in. And that's kind of where it does suck to not have that C in the locker room. Now, obviously, again, you also got to look at Tournier to see what is his messaging right now, what is the direction right now from his standpoint. But obviously right now something is not working. Something right. is is not working to get and, this team to play a full 60. And when it comes to that, you make a good point. Uh, I, I think at that point it comes down to, you know, is there a player – who is going to pseudo assume that C role? Um, mm-hmm. And I think that will like in in that kind of sense, that will also set the precedent of who will actually have a better chance of earning the C patch in in um, for in reality, come hopefully maybe next season, right? Like at this point, it's like a tryout for the C. Yeah. And and I know Schmaltzy, Keller, and Kraus wear wear A's. There, there are a couple of the players that wear them. So, and, and just to give an example, I am just going to, for a, for an example, say this is what X person could be saying that is not what they actually are saying. So, let's right. say Krauser is more angry about the lack of motor, and he's sending the messaging that's a little more tough and firm. Let's say Keller is more reserved, and he's kind of just trying to show by example, more of a Tepo Newman style. Let's say he is just trying to go out there and play his game and show this is the way to do it. And let's say Schmaltzy is kind of somewhere in between, or maybe he has a completely different thing. Hey, it's just about shots or something. It's just some random claim. That's one of the problems that can happen when you have only alternate captains. Is yeah. Which, where's the locker room going to lean? Where's the messaging coming from? So that is just an example of trying to convey the point we're trying to get to here. And that, so again, and- and that's and, that, and, and, and that's what I'm saying, you know, is one player has got to step up, right, and actually make the full step up. Um, I've seen cases mm-hmm. where a team does not have a captain, and it's all alternates. At one point, one alternate's just had enough, and they just go and make the step up and just speak from the heart to the entire locker room. That happens. The few about mm-hmm. let's say of with the next off season later, that player was named captain of that team. Like it was with the, it was no doubt. Like there's it was like it was an easy decision based based off what we knew. You know who's the only guy I could see doing that? And again, this is no one is in my ear. I am not in the locker room. I I am just going based off of like personalities that I can tell from an outside perspective. The only person that I can honestly see doing that is Lawson Krauss. Like right. when a lot of no, people talk no, about Krauss's biggest like positive aspects and positive qualities, that is one of the first things that shoots out to me that Krauser might be that kind of guy. One hundred percent. That's why when we were doing that, you know, the case for captaincy episode a while back, you know, that when I brought up Krauser, like some people were wonder, you know, were even asking like why, because like you know Keller is like the best player. He's got all these aspects, and I'm like. But can he command a locker room like I think Lawson Krauss could? Like, I think that's what, like, I'm with you. I'm 100% with you on that. He has that, he, again, from an outsider, he seems to have that more boisterous personality. 
he seems to be one of the one of the bigger personalities. I can kind of like, if you were to tell me after that loss somebody was yelling at the guys in the locker room, I, and and you said it was Kraus or you told me it was Keller, for example, because I've only ever seen him being more reserved. I would probably not believe you if you said Keller. I wouldn't even ask a second question if he said Kraus. And that's You're just like, from outside right. observations. Yeah, yeah, I'd be like, no. not surprised. <laughs> exactly. Like, Keller feels like a guy that leads by example. Lawson Kraus feels like a guy that has no problem getting in someone's face. And that's just, again, what what I could tell so, like from the yeah. outside. He could be a teddy 100%. bear inside the locker room and I wouldn't know. I'd have no idea. Yeah. That, yeah, but that's based on what we see, you know, outside. We you know when he's talking of when he's talking of media to like to television people to um, when he's just like his overall demeanor on the ice. That's what you can kind of like get. You can get a some a pretty you can pretty get a decent grasp on how you think Austin Krause might be in the locker room. Obviously, again, we can't make any confirmations. It's just all speculation, and but. I think that that's I like I said I feel like you know someone should make the step up. I kind of think Lawson Kraus would end would would be one of those people. I think he should. Um, but we are uh, going to be getting out of time here pretty soon. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about Jason Zucker. Was he going to be coming back? We're going to maybe find get you let you guys know the timeline as well as do just a quick at a glance for the Yokes versus the Kraken that's coming up on Tuesday. So we'll get to all that coming up right after this. We've got a word from FanDuel sponsors on the show. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get into the action. The app is easy to use with a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, so let's get back here on LockedOn Coyotes. Once again, thanks, everyone, for making this show your first listen every day. We're free and everywhere wherever you get your podcast. Also, don't forget that you can tune into every Coyotes hometown broadcast on the SiriusXM app or just on the SiriusXM in your car. Uh, all you gotta do if you have the app is just search up Coyotes. If you're in your car, um, you can easily just find the channel. If you don't know where it is, we'll let you guys know. Um, but you can do that as well as find our show on the Sirius XM Radio app if you ha- if it once again if you have it. But uh, let's get back to uh, to the episode, Matthew. Enough of talking about you know what the Coyotes can do to get better. Um, one thing that they are, they have going for them is we're starting to understand the timeline, the potential timeline again. You don't, you know, it could, things could, there could be a step, you know, uh, setbacks or whatever it might be. But we're all understanding is Jason Zucker is set to return sometime uh, in the next, like, uh, I think we're going to say it a week or two. Yeah. Uh, Craig Morgan tweeting out a couple of days ago uh, that, he is expected to return to lineup against Nashville on the 11th. And with how much energy he brought, especially in the offensive zone, and he was just starting to score when he gets that that, uh, injury, uh, the Coyotes can use that. And to to be fair, this actually can tie slightly into that motor problem. I noticed Cooley has quite a bit of it, but also a, a slight hesitancy towards the shot. Jason Zucker had 
Cooley's energy, but also was shooting as much as possible. Maybe that's what they're fundamentally missing. Just that one energy guy to be the motor. And without that, it, it, it tends to, they get lost. I mean, I I mean, if you saw the way, saw the way Jason and Zucker started the season, mm-hmm. it gave you, it gave, it, 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 it's, everything seemed promising, right? Mm-hmm. After he got injured, I think that's when things started to kind of go down a little. I'm not saying he is cornerstone like that, but when you're when it, when you're playing on when you're like someone like him and you're playing the same line as the next prodigy kid, it do, it is going to make a difference. I think it's his motor makes it made him serve as a glue guy. Like the lineup did not completely combust after he left. No, but there has been or after he was injured, he didn't leave after he was injured. Uh, but it just something about again the motor of the team feels a little different since then. It could be a correlation, not a causation, but it is something interesting to think about because uh, I, I feel like they haven't had quite as much of that on the in the offensive aspect, despite still scoring pretty consistently. They're still above at three goals a game, uh, but yeah, that that could that could be part of the reason why that motor just isn't there. And when you get someone like that back in the lineup. It's definitely going to help, but it's also going to suck for like Travis Boyd because Carconi and Boyd have both been playing very well. Carconi better than Boyd. Yeah. Uh, so it really sucks when you have to kick someone out that is playing well. And even Liam O'Brien is playing well. So there isn't really like minus. Yeah. Boyd was scratched before the, the injury minus that fact. There really isn't an easy person to point and just kick out of the lineup. I love when we're talking about like, issues like that where you have to, where like players end up getting kicked out and you're like i feel bad for these players because they're playing well mm-hmm. if we're talking if we're talking about a team this the same team two years ago we we wouldn't we wouldn't be um <laughs> travis boyd was a first line center two years ago ex- exactly that's what i'm getting <laughs> at. king louis erickson uh, was was the greatest meme to skate for the coyotes two years uh, but, ago yeah, but it, 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 it does make a difference. And one thing I absolutely love is, you know, if he really is back for the game against Nashville, that kind of feels pretty awesome in the sense that you got a guy who's got, who's pretty, pretty a positive aspect to the Arizona Coyotes coming back uh, against a team that the Coyotes just for some reason love to terrorize. Like, I, like Nashville Predators fans, like I've heard like a lot of them talk about it before because I've. You know, I've done crossovers with Lockdown Predators. I've done. I've just talked to Predators fans. They do not like the Coyotes mainly because the Coyotes just have their number for some reason or another, and it's amazing. I love it. Um, I think maybe having Zucker back just might make it a little more satisfying. Okay, I'll, I'll keep the jokes to myself, but I, I imagine it's like me with the the Stars. I will fully admit I despise the Dallas Stars. And the Coyotes just can never beat them, even when I think they're a better team than Dallas. Not currently. This current team is not better than Dallas. I'm talking about. Oh no, Dallas. This Dallas team is a is a is one of the best teams in the in the NHL right now. And I Um, hate it. I despise Dallas. You know what? You want a team to move to Houston? Move the Stars. You want a team that desperately in Houston? Take the Dallas team. Keep them in the same state. Keep them in the same division. No issues. Uh, <laughs> or, you know, you, you could take the fake Jets and make them relocate to Houston if you want a team there so badly. But I guarantee the people yeah. that desperately want the, the Houston Arrows for some reason won't sacrifice the Jets. 
Yeah, but you know, we still also need that team back in Atlanta. We also need a team in Salt Lake City. I'm just saying, look, there are a couple of teams that are, that are struggling with attendance this year. Move them to the move them to these markets that will magically sell out every night. <laughs> uh, if only for legal if, reasons, if, these like, are all just sarcasms. Yeah, no. If it was like, imagine if it was easy as just relocation, right? Like, oh man, a team's a team's not drawing attendance because they're not very good this year. All right, San Jose, pack your bags. You're going to Utah. <laughs> Don't do that to me. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know. You you had like a 15 year run of being a great organization, but you're not selling out one year. That means you have to leave. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong now. Uh, <laughs> this team that that no, honestly, like no, like. It's it's a year like this in which I'm glad I'm a, I'm a professional reporter covering the Coyotes because my chi- my childhood team is just not cutting it. Um, but no, but that's that that's for another conversation. That's for, that's maybe for a month from now when they get close to playing against each other. Um, you see, you get you get the luxury of getting to choose between teams. I was born in this pain, and all of my teams constantly take out golf clubs I mean, and beat me. I over mean, the here's head the thing: them. I just nece- I don't necessarily choose because I moved here to Arizona and then I started covering the Roadrunners because I wanted to cover hockey. Um right. and I just ended it. So then that kind of translated to covering the Coyotes. Like cuz like, I think it's, when you cover the Roadrunners for 6 years, eventually a lot of those guys are going to come to Arizona and here I am. Uh, I'm not saying okay, I don't well, love it. I do. I love everything question. of this. No, let me ask you this fundamental question. Okay. So if Craig is from Chicago, but he's been covering the Coyotes for 20 years, is he a Blackhawks fan? Doesn't he Does he Black like fan? the Blackhawks? I don't think anyone. To my knowledge, no. I mean, they, they, I, mean I think I think it's, he's still – well, actually in some bits, a little bit. Like, I think he's still got some connection to the team. And, I could be, and I'll be honest with you on this. I had, like, about before you, I think – I think maybe even before Carl came on, I can't remember how long ago it was. I had Craig on this show um, for a for an episode, and I was talking to him about um, uh, uh, Nicholas Gomerson retiring, and he, I asked him about it, and he's like, "Well, yeah, because Gomerson was also on the Blackhawks for a while, so I kind of got a chance to love him even even more." And I, as a player, and so that kind of answers it. Nah, he hates the Blackhawks. I can confirm of my sources. Well, Please, I, me, I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, look, look, a lot of people can be hating the Blackhawks right now. I mean, if you, especially if you saw what's going, what's been going on in the organization. Not, I mean, it happened again. That's all I'll say. It happened I again. hate all, I hate almost all the teams equally. You know what's, you know what's funny? You know what's funny, actually? Before, we're, we're over time, so I have to cut this short. It's funny. I hate the Kings like most good uh, red-blooded Coyotes fans, but the Ducks I've just never hated, yet the Ducks and Coyotes cannot stand each other. Oh, yeah, no. They, they, they hate, I they hate the Ducks. I talk about I talk about it with Jason Hernandez, host of Locked on Ducks, and it's, it's, like, there's, it's, it's like something that we can't explain. But when you watch them play on the ice, the Ducks and the Coyotes just cannot stand each other. And it makes for some interesting hockey. I, I kind of love watching it. 
it's just a really interesting, you know. It's I think it just might be honestly, I think it might be the this the uh the show offiness of of Zegris, but that's kind of where it started because there's the the yeah, I think Taco was still a coach that year and they had like that big fight at I the think, end of that game in Glendale. I think is like Zegris tried to Michigan when it was already like six to nothing. Something like hey, that. But guess what? But I I'm consistent, okay? All right. Uh if you're mad about goals when you're already down, how about you don't give up six goals to start with? Facts. That, that, it, like, if you're mad about, oh, well, they're disrespecting us, why did you give up so many goals then? You disrespected yourself. I, I remember I was on the duck side for that conflict because I was like, this is kind of stupid. And I still stand by that. It was a stupid conflict. <laughs> anyway, you know what? Yeah. I, Anyways, I we're out of time. All right. This is we are we are, <laughs> we, are out, we, we are out of time. Um and uh, we didn't get a chance to get to our Yotes versus Kraken out of Glens, but don't worry, tune in tomorrow. We'll have our full Yotes versus Kraken previews episode. Um so you guys can tune into that. And then we'll also have a post game show because why not? Um, but for now, that's going to be it for today's episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review, to like, comment, subscribe if you have yet to already. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts, including on YouTube, on the SiriusXM radio app, and ad-free on Amazon Music. Don't forget to interact with us on social media, Facebook, facebook.com slash Locked On Coyotes, and on X at LO underscore Coyotes. I'm personally at Robin underscore Lanyo, Matthew Jacobson, does not have an X profile. You can follow him on threads, though, at, a, at, at AZ underscore sports underscore guy. I love being a nobody interact. on socials again. It's literally made interact. me stop using social media. <laughs> interact with us. Ask the question you might have. We might answer right back around a future episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy. And don't forget... To howl on.